Let's talk about the Trump supporters storming the Capitol building in Washington. Let's also discuss the GCSEs and A-levels that have now been cancelled again. What about Spain's vaccine register? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney, and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. If a child is not held, hugged, cuddled, or loved, its development will be impaired and its brain will not mature properly. The Dalai Lama. So what a week this has been. Across the pond, they're really kicking up a rumpus. So the um, Trump had ignited and kind of empowered his supporters to to storm the Capitol building. Um, yeah, a very historic moment, really, you know, for all the wrong reasons. Like, I think they said between 3,000 and 20,000 people participated in Washington, D.C. Um, the world was watching. Um, it really exposed uh, Trump, those Trump supporters for who they really are, you know. Um, it was very clear who they are, and it was very clear what they expected to do, and... Um, I don't think anybody was expecting them to be able to go inside the building and, you know, it's pretty much our equivalent to the Houses of Parliament, you know. Um, so, yeah, for them to get in there and do what they did and, you know, to date I think it's four or five people um, have been confirmed dead and um, one of them being a police officer, Brian Sicknick, um, 83 arrests so far. There are people in there carrying pistols without licenses and yeah so that's yeah it's been chaos man absolute chaos I I didn't think I'd see such a thing so you know although we've gone into a new year um you know he he was it was confirmed that he wasn't going to be the president going forward from from the end of last year and the chaos that has surrounded uh, the whole presidency since then but that looks like it's going to be running for the rest of the year um and maybe beyond, who knows? Um, so people are calling for him to be removed, even though he's only got a few more days, I think it's less than two weeks now, um, before he's officially out of the job. But people are, um, yeah, wanting him removed now. You know, they're talking about, um, uh, yeah, impeaching him again and doing all kinds of things. But we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um it's just crazy the fact that, um, you know, as a president, he incited all of this and he's still, you know, in control of pressing all kinds of buttons like nuclear buttons if he, if he actually wanted to do that for whatever crazy reason. But so, yeah, um, I just hope, you know, the quicker we wrap it all up, um, the quicker we can deal with the, the rest of what will come off the back of that. Um, but, yeah, hopefully there's no more deaths around it. Um, so, yeah, so since then, he's obviously he's been banned from Twitter indefinitely, banned from Facebook indefinitely, and that's really his, his microphone, you know. For one thing's for sure, uh, it's going to be a, a lot quieter politically, you know, as far as um, American politics, politics is concerned with, without Trump, because he, he's been, he's been a, a, a staple as far as... Um, the news and, and what's going on in the world, you know. You couldn't pick up a paper or, or watch a news report without hearing about Trump and his antics. So that's going to be interesting. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, he he's gonna go down in history for for all the wrong reasons for sure. I, I don't think he thought it would turn out like this, but yeah, I, I heard one one um, reporter say because I think you know Trump obviously he he spoke he, sp- he spoke about the the people that were writing etc. Um, and like after they after he'd hyped them up, he'd wait. Once it had all happened, he'd spoken and, you know, said that, you know, they'll be prosecuted and all the negative stuff that you'd expect somebody to say. To say. But the reporter said um, it, it was like Trump was like an arsonist coming back as a fireman to put out the fire. And I thought that was absolutely hilarious. But, yeah, very, very um, on point with that metaphor. So, um so yeah, I mean, obviously, Black Americans. I think Black people around the world are watching it and and kind of seeing the double standards, the obvious double standards that are not new, you know, to anybody of African descent. We we know about the double standards, um, but that was a crystal clear example, um, you know, uh, and and obviously all happening in the same year. It's not like it's years apart, you know. You've got the BLM stuff and the way the police dealt with them. And then a few months down the line, you've got this um, attempted coup. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's just blatantly obvious, you know, if it was... I think if, if five, five black men tried to uh, um, rush that building, um, and, um, it would have been a totally different story. I'll leave that to your imagination, because I'm sure you, 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 you get the point. Um, so, um, but moving forward, you know, I mean, obviously all, like I said, for, between 3,000, 20,000 people, you know, obviously we're still dealing with the COVID thing. So that's obviously probably going to affect the, the numbers there. Um, but, uh, one of the things that have, uh, in, in bringing it back to the UK, um, the traveling, Traveling during the pandemic now, um, so they've now you have to have a negative test, uh, a t- well, yeah, a test which shows that you're negative. Um, even for British nationals, international people and British nationals coming back to the UK have to have that, um, and the test has to been have to, has to have been taken within seventy two hours. So I'm sure then rules are gonna change and probably get a bit stricter as time goes on. Um, but it is, yeah, I mean, this, this is the, the world we're living in at this point. Um, I mean, I, I can't imagine there's going to be too much travelling with the current state of affairs. But, yeah, it is it's not, good, not a good time for travelling at all, really. But um, you, Newham's been reported as, as the highest, has the highest cases in the UK, not in the UK, in London. Um, followed by Redbridge, then Croydon, Enfield, and then Barnet. And I think they say it's between one and twenty people, or one in twenty people um, in some parts of London, are reported to have um, been infected, currently infected. So yeah, um, and it's really decimating industries. One, one of the industries you don't hear a lot about. I don't think there's been a lot of support for like entertainment industry, like as far as music. DJs, club venues, um, stuff like that. Obviously, they can't open because of the social distance and everything else. But I, I think there's been a... Li- Maybe they have just started to give some of them some money, but it's been... They've been hit really hard, you know? I don't think they've been dealt with as, as well as the other, um, the other 
the other uh, industries, you know. I think the arts in general. And the arts are important, you know. You know, we're, we're creative beings, you know. Every, every person has the ability to create. Um, and, you know, the arts is, a, is, is, you know, it is creativity, you know. So as much as um, anything else is, is really important, I really do feel like they should do a bit more for people in the, in the entertainment industry. Because I, I think because a lot of them are self-employed as well, they don't fit into the brackets of being furloughed and things like that. But at the end of the day, they do provide a service. And, and if they can't survive in it, when everything... I mean, they're going to have to find other ways of making money, I suppose. And when everything turns around, you know, we'll, we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll have less less of those creatives um, there to entertain us and, and fulfil us in that way. So, so, yeah, we definitely should um, look at that, I think. Um, yeah, so definitely be watching that over time. But Spain has, um, Spain has been... Uh, they've created a register um, for people who refuse to take the vaccine because, obviously, the vaccine's a big thing. This is meant to be the, the guiding torch that's going to lead us out of this situation. Um, and yeah, so they're doing a register. Um, everybody who refuses um, the vaccine, and they'll be sharing it with um, the European European Union nations. Um, but they won't be making it accessible to employers or in, in uh, sorry to employee employers or the public. So so yeah, I mean that just sounds like you know I'm, I'm sure Spain's not going to be the only one doing something like that, similar to that. Um, and I know those sort of things concern people. So, so yeah, we just have to kind of keep an eye on how, how that goes. But with this, with this vaccine thing, you know, at this point, I think it's, it's good that they're trying to do something and it's good that they are not pushing it on people, you know, um, in an in a, in a overt way where you have to take it and, and stuff like that. Because I don't think that will... Um, well that will be a, a lot of problems. So, so yeah, as long as they keep it as, I feel like they should keep it as, you know, like the same way how we have um, the flu jab, you know, if you, if you want to take it, you take it. And if not, you don't. Um, but I do look forward to a time when they can say that they've now got a vaccine that actually stops you getting it, um, getting the infection at all. Um, let alone passing it on, you know, that's the kind of vaccine that we, we really want to hear about rather than one that, um, you know, just minimises how it affects you, you know, lessens, lessens the effect if you catch it or when you catch it. Um, but obviously one step at a time, one step at a time. But I think choice is, um, is a key. We definitely need to maintain choice in these things. Um, in regards to choice, um, Jim in Hackney, um, the... the on, Jimmy Hackney, was it Steen Street? I think it was. Um, they chose to stay open, um, you know, and obviously we know all the gyms are closed, and I'm gutted about that. I really need to get in the gym and, and add to my regime. But, yeah, so they they didn't abide by the rules, and, um, yeah, they were given a £1,000 um, fixed penalty notice. Um, so... I'm not sure if they're going to continue. I remember there was the one earlier on in the year in Wood Green, and he he racked up loads. You haven't I haven't heard a lot about him since, but he racked up. I think it, his bills went up to about seventy two grand over time because he was persistent with it. So 
we'll see how this one in Hackney goes. But um, but I think they should. I mean, the gyms, you know, the gyms are are, are definitely a health asset, you know, mentally and physically. You know, um, whether that means they need to do things in a in a in a different way to adhere to different rules and stuff. Um, but they definitely should be at the top of the list, I think, as far as um, as far as you know, getting us, keeping us well, because this is about keeping us well at the end of the day, um, and mental health, you know, the, the stress of all of that, and you know, just physical fitness in general will be diminished, especially as it's cold. I mean, uh, me, I don't mind going out and and training in the cold, um, but for some people, that's that's not an option. Um, so. You know, you'll you'll find people staying indoors for that whole period of time because of the restrictions as well. Whereas if they've got a gym, at least they that would be somewhere they'd go. But hey ho, we'll we'll, we'll kind of see how things go over time. Hopefully, there'll be some flexibility around that. Um, but you know, it's not just gym owners that are upset with with the restrictions. You know, today uh, not not today. It was today. Yeah, today there was a, um, a Clapham Common anti-lockdown protest. Um, it was quite a small, I think there's only about 30 people there, um, and there were 12 arrests, so nearly half of them were arrested. Um, but yeah, it's still going on, you know, people are not happy, so they're protesting, and obviously we're not allowed to protest, which is, I get it, but it's just it's just something about not being allowed to protest. It's just, yeah, it doesn't sit right, but it's where we are at this point. So... Um, but the scientists are saying that you know we we need to be stricter with the with the lockdown that we have at the moment, um, and saying that basically because what they're saying now is that our the what we're going through now is worse than it was in March, so the, worse than the lockdown in March, and we can't do the same. We're not going to get this if we do the same kind of lockdown as we had in March. If we do that now, we're not going to have the same effects. So we, it needs to be stricter so don't be surprised if if when you're hearing this um there's rumblings or you know um of us having stricter i don't know how much more stricter they're gonna could do it to be fair there's not a lot more they can do but yeah we are where we are um but yes so and the the i remember earlier well not earlier after the the vaccines came about they were speaking about getting celebrities to to take the take the vaccine to make people feel comfortable kind of sell it to the public and stuff uh, i have seen a few people i don't, I don't know if it's, it was planned like that but who did us it was um lionel blair i did see lionel blair over this week they filmed him getting his injection and then today they the queen they confirmed that the Queen and uh, and um, her husband, you know, have have been vaccinated. So, um, so maybe that's you know obviously a bit of promotion for you know for people that they they would influence. But I think, if I'm honest, I think you know Lionel Blair, the Queen, anybody of that age and stuff, that that would only serve, I feel, to 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 promote it to older people but, but I don't think older people really have the problem every all the older people like in their 60s 70s and stuff like that even younger um most of them I haven't heard having a problem with getting the vaccination and stuff um but you know uh I think if people are going to take it 
and people are not going to take it. They're just people are going to choose, you know. People are going to choose, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting that the Queen even uh, let it be known because um, I, I thought that would be a given. Um, but I'm sure there'll be people out there saying, you know, doubt, you know, wanting to see her actually taking it to really believe it and stuff like that, you know, because obviously there are some people that are totally anti-vax and there are other people that are understand the, the need for a vaccination. So, yeah, interesting times. But um, in regards to working out how we come about to have this virus, um, the World Health Organization um, had put um, China on notice, I think it was like from July, um, that they obviously at some stage are going to need to come to China and find out what and how um, this whole coronavirus transpired. Um, but they have, uh, China's basically blocked them from entering. Um, so the World Health Organization are quite disappointed, etc. Um, so there, I think there was basically some per certain permissions or certain documentation that needed to be finalised. So I'm, I'm not even sure if it's a total block or, you know, maybe it's a, a you know, they, they're they suggesting that they did it on purpose by not sorting out the paperwork. But time will tell because, obviously, you know, people do need to get into China to, to find out what, what goes on. And if that doesn't happen, then, yeah, we could say, yeah, they're definitely blocking people from finding out what's going on. So... Hopefully they do the right thing and we get to the bottom of what's gone on because um, that might actually help deal with it, you know. So, I don't know. No one really knows, to be fair. No one really knows. But um, what I do know is this week there has been, you know, the young, you know, youth violence hasn't, hasn't caused any deaths of young people, thank goodness, um, this week. Um, so it's really, you know, I think, you know, talking about or highlighting that fact is... Um, I think it's important because, you know, generally, I mean, the news has been bombarded with COVID and Donald Trump and stuff like that over the past few months. But generally, um, we do get an over, overkill of, of, you know, stuff about youth violence. And, you know, it's not balanced with young people that are doing well and, you know, and not involved in youth violence and, and things like that. So there's, there's not that balance. So... You know, you can be in the full sense of, you know, these young people are killing each other every day, you know, and it's not every day. And it's, it's sad whenever it happens, but it's not every day and it's not every week, you know. So I always um, take, take, take joy in, in, in highlighting the fact that there are no, you know, deaths due to um, youth violence this week. And no may that last. Um, but young people are being affected heavily by this you know, this whole pandemic situation. And, you know, at the end of last year, they were talking about, I think it was even the beginning of this year, they were, you know, they was talking about the kids will be able to do exams this year. Um, but since then, um, and as I've always, as I've been saying through, since doing this podcast, you know, from one day to the next, things just change real quick. Um, but since then, um, Gavin Williamson has scrapped um, exams this summer. Um, but it doesn't apply to um, people taking IGCSEs. Um, so IGCSEs are what are taken in private schools. Um, so, so yeah, their, their exams will still be going ahead, um, which is interesting. I mean, I don't know too much about that, but, yeah, it's interesting that they're able to do that. Um, 
but yeah, I, I really feel it for the kids, man. I mean, so that's the, the children of last year, the children of this year. Um, I just hope we find a way to, you know, just not let it impact them in the in the long term. I hope we find a way moving forward to address what's happened and make it right in some way. You know, you know, we're, 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 we're human beings are resourceful, so I've got faith that we there is stuff that we can do. You know, if we if that's what we want to do, and I think we should want to do that because. You know, children are our future. You know, and these 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 truths. You know, you got young people now on TV and speaking to people, speaking to their parents and friends, talking about how they really wanted to take the exams. You know, um, and you know, if 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 you know, adults didn't realize how how much it meant to young people. Well, now you know. So we need to find a way to to make sure that um, everything's right and, and this doesn't affect them in their long-term career moves, you know. So we have to put put our brains to that and, and money to it or whatever we have to do to it, you know, but just make it right. So um, something that I've, I've spoken about a few times, the Hampshire um, Serious um, Organised Crime Unit officers. Um, so just a little follow-up on that. Um, recently, the, the unit... It was basically they were they were bugged. Someone bugged their phones, and they could they picked up the homophobic, the racist, the sexism, the, the sorts of conversations this unit was having. Um, so obviously it went to uh, case review and, and investigation, etc. Um, and since then, now they have now um, sacked um, uh, the the various officers that were involved in it. Um, sacked for gross misconduct. Um, so who's it? Dis- Detective Sergeant Oliver Lake, um, Detective Sergeant Gregory Wilcox, and PC James Oldfield um, were dismissed. Um, and there were a couple of them who had already retired. So Detective Inspector Tim Erison, uh, Erson rather, and um, PC Craig Bannerman. Um, so yeah. So it seems like that's come to um, an end now. Um, but I didn't, it's, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that um, they, it wasn't really publicised a bit more. I mean, obviously there's a lot going on in the world at the moment and maybe these things are, um, you know, they're not really newsworthy as much. But, you know, I think we need to know about these sorts of things. You know, there's a pe- lot of people that have been hard done by um by by the police in in various situations and then there's been people that have been really supported by the police so it it does go both ways but obviously like I said I'm about balance I really think balance is important like I was saying with the young people so if police are doing really good work I think that should be highlighted because not all police are bad but if police are doing not so good work that also should be highlighted so we get a true reflection of what we're dealing with rather than um a false representation you know so yeah but that's that situation. So, um, yeah, that, that's come to a close. Um, I took something that was really... I mean, there's been a few really kind of repugnant things that have happened, but one that really stood out to me was the, um, the con man going around um, and he basically, you know, uh, knocked on a 92-year-old woman's home in Surbiton and ended up convincing her that he was from the NHS and ended up injecting her with... 
a substance that I don't even think they know what substances he injected her with um, and charged her £160, I think it was. Even, and I think he even went back to, to, to try and get £100 out of her again. But, yeah, it's just, yeah, crazy, 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 crazy kind of crime to be committing. I mean, yeah. So I hope they, I hope they catch, catch him um, ASAP. Um, I saw a little uh, picture of him. They got some footage of him doing um, walking on the street and stuff. But yeah, just crazy. Um, and yeah, and another thing I saw is this one was quite sad. Really, really sad on on so many levels. Um, so a man fatally fatally stabbed his mother, um, m- murdered his mother basically. Fifty um, eight year old Dawn Bennett. Um, murdered by her son Jamal Seeley in uh, Jamal Seeley of Lewisham um, and he pleaded guilty to manslaughter with diminished responsibility at the Old Bailey on Friday um, and he was sentenced to an indefinite um, hospital order under section 37 and 41 of the Mental Health Act um, the, the medical expert said that he, he was suffering with um, paranoid beliefs um, so so yeah, um, but how how sad is that, man? That's you know, he's taking his mother's life like that's just whew, that's a lot. That's a lot. And and you know, obviously, being, I think this this happened. It was like mid last year. I think it might have been around June, July when it, when it actually happened. But um, you know, obviously, twenty twenty was the year that it was, and domestic violence. You know mental health issues, you know, this this case kind of had it all, got it all, you know. Um, so, yeah, really, really sad, really, really sad. Um, and, yeah, my, my thoughts and prayers goes out to um, Dawn Bennett's family. Um, yeah, really, really, really sad. Um, yeah, so... Um, <clears throat> But back over in the States, um, Jacob Blake, who we've spoken about before in previous podcasts, and this is the man who was um, shot by the policeman. Uh, he was going back into his car after having a situation with the police. His kids were in the car, um, and he got shot several times, and he's now um, paralyzed, um, sparked loads of um, protests in America, um, in Wisconsin. Um, and the policeman that shot him, um, Rustin Shisky, she, she, yeah, Shisky, um, he basically, uh, there'd be no charges, no further charges, basically. So, um, so yeah, I think that, that seems to be the end of that. Um, interesting though. I mean, it didn't, it looked like, it didn't look right. I mean, I think, I think they said that he was reaching for a knife within the car, but, um, but yeah, to, to to for that man to be crippled for the rest of his life now. Um, but I suppose we, we, we'll we'll have to see how, how how that goes, you know. And and obviously his kids traumatized off of the back of that. They they saw all of that. So not a good situation at all. Not a good situation. I'm sure we'll, we'll hear more about that through the year, um, especially during the summer. I mean, we're going to hear a lot about a lot during the summer because. As much as people, if you we've got people marching for various things now in the in lockdown and and stuff like that. Once the summer, I mean, we know how it goes. Last year was uh, the template for how things are going to be um, while things are the way they are. Um, 
But I read a story um, about a um, RAF um, flight navigator from Sierra Leone, um, John Henry Smythe. Um, he's a, obviously a black man. Um, he was shot down um, and captured by in Nazi Germany in 1943. Um, and he, you know, I mean, that, that, the flights that he squadron used to do, I think his squadron was uh, 623 Squadron. Um, and the flights that they used to do were over the English Channel uh, and France and Germany. And they were always really high risk. Um, and the life expectancy for those bomber crews was super low. Um, but he, he was captured and was a prisoner of war. Um, and he was liberated from that. You know, they got him out of that situation. And he went on to become um, an officer um, aboard the Empire Windrush. Um, and also um, became an amid became a, um, he was involved in the courts, basically, um, and was invited to train as a barrister in England. So, so yeah, um, very interesting story. Yeah, John, John Henry Smythe. So, yeah, if you're, if you're interested, that's definitely something to look up. Um, yeah, I mean, that, I could, you can only imagine what, you know, as a black man being captured um, in that time, you know, in Germany. You know, so the fact that he, he survived that um, is, is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Um, yes, so also um, a Chloe Lopez Gomes, who is a black um, dancer, um, a French, sorry, not black dancer, black, black ballet dancer. So she's been dealing with some uh, racist issues. Um, she's a French performer. Um, the first black uh, female dancer in Berlin's um, principal ballet company. Um, and she, she suffered various racial situations off of the back of that. Um, things such as being asked to um, wear, wear makeup uh, to kind of whiten her look so that she can blend in with the other dancers. And apparently the, the management, uh, not the management, but the people that, uh, deal with the whole dance, the whole ballet situation. They had no clue about this, so she's highlighted to them, um, and she's going through the process of addressing that. So, so yeah, um, and I hope she gets, you know, justice. I mean, you know, being out there, being the first. It's always, it's always hard when you're the first doing anything like that. In, in, you know, and that whole community and Berlin and these places they're not used to seeing that you know you're the, you're the first black person to do it so yeah the, the, any racial issues that were underlying and not seen and not heard before you know if a black person comes up and becomes the first in that position you, they're going to take the brunt of all of that you know and hope but hopefully um it, this opens the doors for other black people to be in the same position um and hopefully not have to deal with those same situations as well so I think um, based on this, the story that I spoke about earlier with the, um, the, the mother losing her life to her son, um, I think it's important that I give out those, the Samaritan number, um, uh, you know, for anybody that's going through, um, you know, and needing to speak to anybody about anything, you know, and, you know, getting that support from a professional. So the Samaritan's number is 116123. Uh, but more important than that, um, not more important, but just as important, I suppose, is the domestic violence abuse line. Because um, as I said, that was a 
that's clear. That's you know the extreme end of domestic violence. Um, but the domestic um, abuse number is oh eight oh eight two thousand two four seven. Um, and yeah, you know, if if anybody's in fear, you know, whether it's as you know your partner, you know, violence from your partner, violence from your children towards you, um, you know, call them. You know, they, these are the people that can support you and you won't, you're not the only person going through it. So, you know, get the support, you know, before things get too bad. Um, and if if there's anybody out there with any mental health issues, you know, there's always mind, you know, you can always find them online. Um, there's always, there's a mind uh, number, which is 0300-123-3393. But you can find out all the information online and, and tips and and warning signs and, and stuff like that around mental health. So, because, I mean, you know, this year, I mean, my, my perspective is this year is going to be, I, I feel like this year is going to be pretty much like last year with the added part of we've got a vaccine and, and stuff like that. But, I, you know, I, I hope I'm wrong. Let me say that I hope I'm wrong. But I'm expecting this year to be as challenging um, with some different challenges um, but as challenging at least as last year. Um, but I really do hope I'm wrong about that. Um, so 2020, um, it's official now. I did speak about this before, but it was kind of still working out, but it's official. It's a, it was the warmest year on record. Um, it matched. Um, the, the last one was 2016, uh, was the warmest year on record. Prior to that, it's, but it's joint. It's a, the, the, the same same level of warmth. Um, so the planet is warming up, you know, and that's going to have implications over the years, you know, day by day. Um, it is what it is, man. I, I know a lot. There's a lot of people out there that don't believe um, that the the Earth is getting warmer, or they don't believe that humans have anything to do with it. But hey. The earth is getting warmer, so, you know, if we can do anything about it, we should, you know, we, should, we definitely should. Um, so, uh, Marion Ramsey, uh, I didn't know this woman's name, but I definitely know her character. So, she's the woman who played, um, she played the squeaky voice um, officer, Laverne Hawks, in Police Academy. So, if anybody's seen Police Academy... I'm sure you know exactly who I'm talking about. A very distinctive, squeaky voice, black woman. Um, but sadly, um, she passed away um, recently. Um, she died at the age of 73. Um, apparently, she was she had an illustrious career on Broadway, um, starring in various productions and stuff. I, I don't, I didn't hear much about her other than um, Police Academy. But her role in Police Academy was one of those, you know, one of those memorable roles. You know, there, there's going to be some forgettable people in, in movies, but, you know, her with her squeaky voice, it was, it was really distinctive. So, so yeah, she, she, she sadly passed away. So I thought I'd give that a mention for sure. Um, in regards to books, um, this book we're going to, uh, um, we're going to, I'm going to mention today is not on release. It's be, it'll be released um, February the 4th, but I thought I'd mention it because... It's a book by um, Kehinde Andrews, Professor Kehinde Andrews, and he's he's a really um, passionate, um, you know, uh, 
knowledgeable man on the on the black the African experience and and so yeah this is a book that I really do look forward to coming out and purchasing so the book is called um the new age of empire um how racism and colonialism still rule the world so as I said it's coming out February the 4th um Dawn Butler the MP for Brent um done a little write-up she um Professor Andrews takes the reader on a journey and it isn't a comfortable one. I challenge you to pick up this book and read it carefully. Once this is done, I'm sure the reader will be challenged in thinking and hopefully actions moving forward. So I'm looking forward to reading it. Um, I definitely recommend um, giving it a look. Take a look online. I think they've, they've got some bits and pieces for it on there. So, um, so yeah, that's the book for this week. Um, you know, look, we've we're we're, we're getting, it's January now. We're going into the new year. We're in the new year now. You know, a lot's going to happen this year. Um, time's going to go. Time went for me really quick last year. It just it just flew by. It just really seemed like you know, you go from Monday to Friday and it's the weekend again time just really flies so I think we have to be mindful how we use our time you know um, a lot of us are going to be working from home the kids are going to be studying from home a lot of the young people are going to be studying from home um, something I find useful is a, a, a pomodoro timer um, otherwise known as a tomato timer so it's basically um, it's an app. You, I mean, if you type in "tomato timer" on in into Google, it'll come up. And sometimes you can just have it straight on the computer rather than downloading it. Um, but basically, it gives you twenty-five minute intervals um, with short breaks. So you do twenty-five minutes. So you put it on, you do your work, whatever you're doing for twenty-five minutes, and the alarm will go, and then you'll have a short five-minute break. And it, it basically helps you focus. Um, and it helps, it, you know, you have a healthy work and break kind of um, scenario going on. But it really does help you focus on your work. So you might do four 25 minutes with those breaks at those specific times where you come away from the computer. It gives you time to digest what you've just learned or the work you're doing. It gives your eyes a rest, etc. And then you come back to it. But I find it really useful. So maybe you will too. But definitely, um, like I said, if you just type in tomato timer, um, it'll come up in Google. And it's been tried and tested. It, it, it really does work. So I find that useful. Because sometimes when you're working from home, you can end up doing more than you would if you had to go to an office or or whatnot. So, um, but th- this is a good way to burn out and, and get stressed and stuff. So I really think it's important. Self-care is, you know, a big thing for me. Um, and, you know, if you're sitting at home and you, you, you're able to work from home and you're on a computer, you could be on the computer for hours, a lot more hours than you, without a break even, without going outside just because you're at home. So having those breaks kind of, however you do it, you know, you can use the timer if you want, but it's just important to have breaks, you know, in between work. So that's something I use and I've, that's something I thought I'd share. So in regards to sharing, hopefully you'll share this link with one other person who's not familiar with Pablo's podcast. But other than that, thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today. And hopefully you can join me on the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.